0: Hey there! Welcome to the Lead Bold Podcast, a place where we engage in incredible conversations with amazing leaders in ministry and ministry partners as we encourage and challenge one another to live fully into what God is calling us to be. Each episode, will dig into three questions. One, what is hard about being a woman leading in ministry? Two, what is one transformational or even trajectory-changing lesson you've learned about leadership? And three, what does it mean to you to lead bold? Our guest today is a close friend of the Lead Bold Team, Lisa Lewis. Lisa is an empathetic listener, an enthusiast for adventures, a lover of good books, good food, deep conversations, and a good wine. As a transformational leadership coach and host of Let Go, Lean In podcast, Lisa can help you identify the self-limiting beliefs you may have, can help you gain tools and navigate change so you can thrive in your work, in your life, and in your faith. We're so excited to hear from Lisa today. Let's check in with Andrea and we'll jump into the podcast.
1: Welcome, Lead Bold friends. You are about to hear a conversation with a thoughtful, wise, and insightful woman named Lisa Lewis. If you are someone who wants to be transformed through your leadership and wants God to use you to transform others, then get out something to take notes with. Lisa talks to us about being a lifelong learner about building a team that trusts, and about knowing when to say no. And plus, she offers a helpful perspective on how we as women think about ourselves as leaders and how that affects our ability to lead well. I know you'll enjoy this conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Lead Bold Podcast. I'm Andrea Coley. I'm here with my co-host, Aaron Seth. How you doing, everybody? Glad to be here glad to be here. And we have um an amazing guest with us today, Miss Lisa Lewis. Hey Lisa.
2: Hey you guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get to chat with you today.
1: We are excited <laughs> to learn from you. You're you're just going to say things and you're going to change our lives. That's the plan. Are you good with that, Lisa?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds both profound and impossible at the same time. So, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do with
1: women leaders. We're profound and impossible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Lisa,
1: how, so I know we've known each other for a number of years tell us how you first got connected with our lead bold community
2: oh that's a great question all right let's uh rewind the brain cells here I believe it came through an invitation of our then church leadership because we have moved out of the area actually mm-hmm. uh letting me know about your first event and they said would you like to come with us and i felt so honored to be invited by these women leaders and pastors and and i said yeah with you know the de- the deer in the headlights eyes like you you want me to come too and i fell in love with what you guys were doing and i was excited to get to be a part of it and and i know i was there for your very first in person event so it's been at least that long maybe the spring before even when you started to you know advertise and start talking about it so yeah, yeah.
1: and i know that you if i remember right you met one of the women who is on our leadership team another woman named lisa and that was just kind of a quote unquote chance meeting at our mm-hmm. conference and then you guys actually have quite the friendship now right
2: Yes, that's very true. Lisa and I actually just kind of introduced ourselves as we were, you know, in between a session and she knew somebody that I knew and then that woman was there and came over and Lisa and I have met in person and had, you know, FaceTime calls and letters and all kinds of things since that time. Letters? Yeah. did you we're go back both in time? Instagram 7s, you know, and if you know anything about that, <laughs> we're all about the fun. So, you know.
1: That's um, great. Well, I love I I wanted to point that out because, you know, the community aspect and the connecting with other women who understand you as a leader, as a woman in ministry is really a big part of what we do and and why we exist, right?
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I, I have loved all the ways that you have kept women able to engage, whether it's this podcast or the Instagram live stories on Wednesdays, or, you know, the communication that you send out via email. And when you guys were doing the, the groups during COVID, I mean, there, you really have been intentional about providing community building opportunities, which I think is spot on, honestly. Awesome. Well, we, well, we love thanks. doing it. And, you know, it
1: kind of actually ties into our first question because one of the things that is hard for women in ministry leadership is finding other women that can be in their circle, that they can trust, that they don't have to have the filter or the mask. Um, mm-hmm. So we kind of always like to ask that question as a woman in leadership who's been there for a while and has interacted and partnered with a lot of women who are. What would you say is something hard about being a woman in ministry
2: leadership? Oh, man. I I wish it was just one thing to respond um because, you know, there there are lots of different ways, different settings that brain challenge within them. And then, you know, there's trying to be a woman who wears a lot of hats, whether it's because you have a relationship that is demanding, whether it's caregiving or, you know, you're in a marriage or, or you have kids or all of those things. I mean, there's a lot just with that. But then sometimes ministry itself can be so challenging because people And, you know, (laughs) that could be challenging. And then there's being a woman and how we go in and out of different cycles within our uh, months. And yeah, so all of it rolled into one. I think if there was one great challenge is how women are perceived in leadership roles. And that I think is consistently challenging and, and connecting with other women who understand the challenge of taking on a leadership role. You don't have to give any backstories. We just all know, yeah, this is hard. It's hard to wear that additional hat and, and pave a way in, in some settings, uh, you know, that, that saying of a glass ceiling. Sometimes when you're the person who is the prow of the ship, you get more resistance than anybody else does. So yeah, all of those things rolled into one. Yeah, I'd love to talk a little more about the perceptions um, because I think,
1: I know for me, I guess I can't speak for all women. I mean, I know I can't speak for all women, but for me, definitely the awareness of what other people are seeing and what they think of me and what they expect of me. Can you just talk a little bit about what are the false perceptions that we're up against or that tend to be in our spheres when we're on in higher levels of leadership?
2: Oh yeah, boy, that, that's a, that's a big question. So I'll, I'll just kind of try to break it down as from my own perspective and, and one of them has to do with perspective. Oftentimes in leadership, there are people who possess a perspective that women should not be leaders, in, especially in a ministry setting. And and they will, you know, be able to cite chapter and verse as to why that's not okay. And, and that is a way. I'm not going to, you know, stand in opposition of that, but that is a perspective. And so sometimes that's challenging. And and yet the giftings that all of God's children have, and if leadership is a gift, then you hinder that, you know, scripture says, don't muzzle the ox <laughs> on the threshing floor. Wait, are we so- the ox in that scenario? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel about as slow as that, not as strong as one, plodding along. Yeah. But but truly it's perception, our own perception of ourselves. You know, we might have been uh, raised in a setting where women didn't do that. And, and yet we feel like we are you know, like a hand behind us, pushing us forward into a leadership opportunity. So we have to deal with our own perspectives. So there's, those challenges are very real. And, and still to this day, there are places that absolutely the hill to die on is women in the front of the church, even praying in front of the church. That's, yeah. that, that's not even leading. but.
0: Anyway. <laughs> well, it's, it's so interesting. I've, <clears throat> I definitely have heard, uh, I was in a conversation with people recently and it's always, I'm always a person who cares deeply about being able to have like very candid and open convos with a group of friends. And um, there's one in the group who is not necessarily someone who feels that women should be in leadership positions. And their comment was, you know, what can a woman teach a man? And then someone else in the circle said, well, then why can't women feel like what can a man teach a woman? Right. This idea that when we look at the way, when we look at what Christ has told us in his word about the way we're gifted and the way in which we look at Jesus's ministry and how he utilized worked with and revered women as a part of that ministry and the way that Jesus perceived the ability for all of us to have something to learn from one another and, and the complexities of how God created us differently are those things that can actually help us move forward together. Mm, yes. But it is something that I think you know most people have the assumption where it's like, yeah, a woman can be a leader of a woman's ministry or of children's ministry, right? And like you yeah. mentioned, that breaking that barrier of being in front of the full congregation and being totally equipped by God to teach and to share his word is something that many people are still having trouble recognizing who Jesus was millions of years ago. <laughs> and to Today. I say million. I say millions. Sorry. That's probably not theologically sound, but you know what I mean. <laughs> he
1: never, yes. he never began. He always was. So he was millions that's of years right. ago. Um that's right. yeah, it's what so Lisa, what would you say to someone who, you know, you you feel that push behind your back, like you said, and yet you know, how do we sort of? I don't know. Do we set aside people's expectations and opinions? I mean, I I, I sense sometimes that there's a bit of compartmentalization that maybe is healthy and maybe needs to happen
0: mm-hmm. to
1: just do do what God's called you to do. Um, you know, even when it might push against somebody else's constraints
2: yeah that that's big too, Andrea. And I love that we're talking about this because I'm a generation ahead of you guys, honestly. And the people that are in my generation are the ones that are holding us all back. Mm. there There are more people that look like me who think like what you were saying, Aaron, about this is this is not what a woman needs to do, or these are the ways she can and and to have those limitations what we're really saying is that we know what God can do. We know that he wants things done this way. And and it's it's hard for me to hear something like that because God is infinite and we are finite. And I believe Holy Spirit gives us discernment in a particular situation, in a moment by moment. And we're in his word, we're praying, seeking discernment. And so to your question about how to encourage somebody to lead as they are feeling led to lead, that you just honor and respect people, but stand your ground and keep taking that perspective that I'm hearing from God equally. Just like Aaron, you mentioned, it's like God's working in all of us and gifting all of us in different ways. So we need to be honest about that and and be bold and not stand off in the shadows and say, well, I guess I don't have a place. And, and I would say too, that things are changing. We can see that around the world, that the way that church looks in various countries, is not how it looks here. And women are leading in many other places. And we're seeing that now that women are finding more opportunities to lead. So I, I believe God's on the move and growing his daughters up as Jesus modeled, co-inheritors. Yeah, that's good.
1: Um, You know, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit to uh, our next question where we're talking about You know, what is something that you have learned? And I think as we talked a little bit before, you know, the show about what you would want to share here, I think it just totally ties into this. If we feel that push, if we feel that call, how do we be good stewards of what that is? So, Lisa, what's something that you've learned about how to be a good leader?
2: Mm. Well, learning is in it, the answer to my question, because... To be a good leader, you need to be a learner. That's what transformational leadership is all about. And and so I encourage everyone, I don't care what their gender is, to be a lifelong learner. Be curious. Be curious of the people that you are with, whether it's in a community group or a ministry team, whatever it is, be curious about who they are and what makes them tick. If they're interested in learning about a particular subject, don't just say, oh, good for you, but get curious and and do some learning on your own. And honestly, I have come to the place where I'm at in regard to women in ministry because of learning. I listened to people and I thought, huh, that's pushing up against some of the things that I grew up learning. Hmm, maybe there's a different way. And I started reading and I started asking more questions. And so if there's anything I can say that makes leadership the most important, it's be a lifelong learner. I think that we are in a
0: a time in our world
2: where like
0: like differences of perspective are so rampant. There's so much going on around us, inside of the church, outside of the church, all over the place, and around the corner. Um, and I think that that is so profound. The opportunity to have like curiosity to understand, like if our first instinct is sh- like, tell me more. Like I want to know more versus like this immediate thought of like, well, does that align with how I've been taught or how I think, right? Yeah. And there's there's so much I think that we can learn as the church from being open to just simply understanding those who might have opposition to Christ or for those that have very legalistic and very narrow-minded views about Christ um, in those spaces where we could let those people, you know, continue to kind of like, in a very like, you know, tough-headed attitude move forward in one way by just saying, all right, fine. If that's how you think versus approaching across the board in the church and out of the church, especially in leadership, a thought of tell me more, help me understand. Um, And I think as women, like we are in that interesting, like I love the, the push to say, Hey, something I've learned is I have to keep learning and I have to keep asking because I think that as women, we're often told that like, if we're met with opposition that like we're annoying or that we are like a nag, yeah. we keep asking, or we keep trying to know more. And I think that that's just so important especially in leadership is, you know, when you're met with someone in your church family saying, well, we're not going to do that, you know, be really graciously and tactfully saying, can we talk about it more? And can you share more with me? I want to know more. I, I want to learn why. And if we can't do yeah. this, can we work through what the future could look like? Right. There's so much that can be encapsulated in that. Sentiment.
2: That's so yeah, that's so good, Erin.
1: Yeah, definitely learning from one another, learning you know, learning other people's perspectives. I think another aspect of it too, Lisa, which I know for me is is a challenge, just because I don't know, I'm not very motivated sometimes. Is the learning, continuing to grow in even just my skills and my areas of strength. You know, um, yeah. whether that's going to conferences or reading or whatever. I think sometimes I take for granted, like, okay, I got to a certain level of what, you know,
0: aptitude
1: (laughs) or or ability. And then it's like, I don't have any energy left to get me better at this. But I know that, you know, if you don't, if you aren't using it as much, you, you do lose it. So what, what would you say for those of us who are you know, re- stretched pretty thin, but we also want to keep getting better at our craft and, and our gifts, nurturing those gifts God's given us. Um, what would you say to somebody like me who struggles to keep pouring into myself in that way?
2: Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. And I think I would start fi- by the statement that you said about stretched very thin, That is a place that God really got a hold of me in a season, you know, about 15 years ago that I was saying yes to far too many things and not saying yes to caring for my soul. And so learning to create margin for myself in a variety of areas was transformative, And I, I was the one who said, Oh, I'm sorry. I can't, I'm too busy. Or yes. Okay. I can do that too. Or, you know, and so learning to say a good no and a good yes, but also in that process, the good yes needs to be keeping ourselves moving forward, getting complacent about anything is is really like a death sentence because the only thing that's certain is change, right? I mean, God is always pre- presenting new opportunities, new conversations, uh, a new day, a new sunset. I mean, everything. The only thing that is consistent in all of that is that change is happening. And if we're going to be, you know, saying this is the way things need to be, then it, we're going to be broken instead of open-handed and malleable. And, and so learning something new, whether it's a, a skill around leadership or even reading an article a week that has to do with what you're doing, that is a small place to start, but it's, you know, 10 minutes out of a week and yet you get a new idea or you're reminded of something that you hadn't thought about regarding working with your people. So it's it really is a matter of choice. And, and we're given lots of latitude and choices. So, you know, choice is priority, right?
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think that sometimes what stalls me is there's so many choices, but I like what you're saying about mm-hmm. just hone in on one thing or one you know article yeah. or one aspect of what you're trying to grow i think that's that's really really good and helpful to think about it that way
2: yeah it doesn't it doesn't have to be going back to school to get a degree it can just be i'm interested in learning more about what this means about women in ministry google it and then start <laughs> looking into you know oh i hadn't really known that people have conflict about this because in my setting I haven't, you know, a carte blanche to be able to move forward. I didn't realize women were struggling in this area. And boy, the world opens up and you realize, oh, my way is not the only way. Who knew?
1: Yep. That is so true. Uh, well, let's move on to our last question where we just sort of throw out this very wide blanket question of what does it mean to lead bold? So, Lisa, what does it mean to lead bold?
2: Well, I said something just a moment ago about being open-handed and malleable. And to me, as a leader, if you can develop trust in your team and allow them to be leading in the capacity that you've invited them to and you delegate so you're not holding all of the cards and all the responsibilities, that is leading bold because- you hold the reins very loosely that way, not tight, and so it frees up people to learn and grow themselves. And then you're more like watching instead of having to have all of the responsibility on your head. Now, one of the things I will say in trusting, it's wise to inspect what you expect. So you have Ooh, conversations tell us more about that.
0: Love oh God. no, that, that, that
2: was a nugget that was given to me years ago. And man, have I hung on to that. It's great to trust your people. And you you, you know, you have your team meeting and and say, okay, well, which one of you is going to take this up? And somebody says, Oh, I've got space for that. I'll do that. All right. So then you circle back around to that individual and say, How's it going with that? What support do you need? What about resources? Just that kind of open-handedness and the trust that you are placing on that individual gives them that, you know, like they sit up taller and like, okay, I'm going to go get this done. And all you're doing is having conversations. You're curious, you're relational. And it truly equips people to be how God has made them to be. And you don't have to do all the work. It's a win win. I love that so much.
0: I really do. I think, and I think it's so, it's funny because it's such a simple concept of like allowing yourself to like free yourself up to be a better leader by actually equipping your team. And it's funny because it just feels so counterintuitive to what most women in ministry think, which is, I gotta like carry the world on my shoulders. I gotta hold on to this tight. I gotta prove that I can do this right. That there's some fear that they might be inadequate if they pass something off to someone else. And um, it's so beautiful to understand that, like, by utilizing what God has gifted in other people, you are expanding the kingdom. You are giving yourself more freedom to do more for the kingdom, and it um, it just combats our natural way of thinking. And so. While simple, it's so profound that, you know, yeah. also inspect what you expect is my, my mind just popped. That was magical.
2: <laughs> I love it. Well, that, I love it when there's a nugget like that, because that's really how it, it hit me years ago. And it's probably 26 years ago, honestly, Erin. And I have hung on to that. And then I got a master's in organizational leadership and found out that transformational leadership is actually a researched style. And it's all about being a learner and equipping your team to learn and grow themselves. And I thought, who knew? Oh, wait, God did. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I agree. that That is such a nugget. Um, I, it makes me think about, you know, our older daughter just went away to college. And just as a parent, which obviously a parent is a leader, we're having to learn to have the conversation more like, where do you need us, you know, where do we, how can Mm -hmm. I come alongside? This is the expectation, but how can we come alongside and support you? And it it reminds me of what you're saying, Lisa, of, you know, kind of putting it out there to your team, but then also having to have the conversation and adjust. How do I support? How do I bring out the best in you? You know, at our last um, conference this past fall, one of our breakout workshops was bringing out the best in others and this whole idea of me being a bold leader means that i'm putting really important things in other people's hands and trusting that they're not yes. going to do it the way i do it but if i believe god's gifted and called them then i'm i should be excited to see what it does turn into you know so that's yeah a
0: really helpful perspective I think that there's yeah. this trap too that leaders fall in a lot. I see it. I work in the corporate sector, so I see it a lot in the corporate space and in ministry as well, which is what we call like mirroring, like mirror hiring, mirror like team building, which is like you tend to bring people in at, at, with the expectations that they're going to do exactly what you would do or the way that you would want it to be done. Um, or you hire somebody who's a lot like you. And what's so amazing about this is that, like, the recognition of how uniquely God did make us all and that. Those differences often are those places and I've learned time and time again, been humbly reminded that the space where I thought this is how it should be done, the perspective of the other person made it infinitely better than I could have ever imagined. And it's because they thought so differently and executed more differently than I would have myself. So it's a beautiful thing.
2: It's a much more rich perspective. When we allow people to be themselves instead of, you know, mirroring, like you said, or carbon copy, you know, is another way to to say that. Although I don't even know if they still do carbon copies, but <laughs> you already warned us that you're a generation above us. So it's okay. I was <laughs> ditto, obviously ditto. dating myself on that one.
1: <laughs> well, and I, I love that too. Just even this whole conversation, Lisa, I feel like we've tackled a few different things, but we're, and we're coming at it from different angles, but the The thing that it has in common is this having an openness toward other people's perspectives and their stories and learning from them and equipping them to be, you know, bringing what they bring. So it has been so helpful, Lisa. Thank you for sharing with us from your wisdom and your experience. Appreciate it so much.
0: Yeah.
2: Thank you so much for inviting me, Erin. I'm sorry I started speaking oh, when yeah. you were speaking, but it's such a thrill to get to see you both. Sorry <laughs> you don't get to see their sweet faces on this, and to just have this good conversation. It's so big and so important. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you guys do what you do.
0: I'm walking away with and it's so funny because we do, I was gonna say we captured it right at the end here, but we often will throw in what we think should be your autobiography. And the word that you've returned to so much today is like curious. And I think that like that's something which is coming from you, who you've been gracious to share with us, that you're a generation above. But I think for someone who has lived so much of your life to have the perception of continuing to learn, continuing to be curious is really beautiful. And I almost feel like this should be like, like maybe the, the, it is Be Curious, Leadership Through Learning by Lisa Lewis. Yeah. So Did you have one, Andrea.
1: Right. We always have these fake autobiographical titles we come up with. And Aaron's are always like way more profound, and mine are just silly. So, but I put in the curious to the one I came up with because I want to reference back the don't muzzle the ox comment. Yeah. I feel like your autobiography should be don't muzzle this ox. However, we got to put curious in there. So maybe like don't muzzle <laughs> this
0: curious ox. What do you think? <laughs> hey, I'm not against it at all. I love it. That would, that would catch my eye at Barnes & right. Noble. I'm yeah. You're,
1: you see that on the shelf and you're like, who is this? ox? Why is Lisa calling herself an ox? And then it all comes out. Oh, That's good. Awesome. Good boy, well, yeah. with that uplifting note, um, hey, everybody, thanks for being with us again. We hope you found this to be encouraging and uplifting and that you got just – the nugget that you needed in this conversation. So, Lisa, thank you so much. Aaron, always good to be with you. Thanks, everybody.
2: Thanks, you guys.
0: Well, thank you so much for tuning into another amazing episode of the Lead Bowl podcast. Wow. Inspect what you expect. I'm taking that with me today. I hope you're taking away a little nugget of your own as you heard from Lisa. We want to remind you about an exciting event that we have coming up. April 30th is our Inspired to Lead, our virtual conference for the spring. Such an amazing opportunity. You'll be hearing from Jackie Reese this year and um, digging into kind of what it means to be a confident leader. Um, It's going to be a rich time of community of learning and we encourage you invite your friends um, invite those in your community who may need to hear a little bit um, about what it means to lead bold and we will see you next time on the lead bold podcast